boat. Yes, we're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger Australian Football Hall of Fame as well. This is Duff's Deep Dive. You can live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max, which brings you Duff's Deep Dive here in the Toolkit Depot studio. Um, Ada, Duff, I don't... I, I never blew too much about who gets into the Hall of Fame because yes. anyone who gets in there has had a great career and is therefore worthy. If I did... If I was asked <laughs> to give some advice to Hall of Fame selectors, yes. I would say it is supposed to be exclusive, mm. not inclusive. Yep. And I reckon the mistake they often make is uh, they include a few too many. Mm-hmm. And they kind of dilute the exclusivity. If we take the ones last night, and Corey Enright has been a well, – he was a fantastic, yeah, fantastic halfback flanker. Jimmy Bartell was a – a Brownlow medalist and a fantastic midfielder. Highest credentials you could have in the game. Jimmy Bartell. What, Brownlow? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Norm, yep. But, yeah. <laughs> but, that Geelong team. So, Gary Ablett will be a Hall of Famer, correct? Yes. Is he already? I don't know whether he is. Is he? Mm. Not sure. But, he was, but if he's not, he's going to be, right? Mm. Matthew Scarlett, Hall of Famer? Yeah. Tom Hawkins will be a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So we're saying that five members of that team should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, at, at the least. Stevie Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> it's, too, it's too inclusive. That's, to to. that's too inclusive. Yeah. Like it should be, even in a great team, in a dynasty team, to me, two or three. Mm should be the limit. And okay. I think if the minute you go deeper than that, I think one of the mistakes the WA Footy Hall of Fame made is that they got too inclusive with it. And there, were, there was these guys being introduced that, you know, from long, long time ago, sort of historical inclusions that had played, you know, 150 games and a few state games. And yeah. they were obviously good players, but this should be the best of the best. This is the realm of people like, you know, Stephen Michael, of Graham Farmer, of John Nichols, of... Um, uh, guys of that ilk. To me, that's that's Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, and then absolutely pick the top of them off to to get legend status. But uh, so you're saying we need more tiers, perhaps of, of no, the Hall of Fame? No, just just the, they don't get in. Just you don't get in. Okay. Yeah. So out of the seven introduced into the Australian Football Hall of Fame last night, how many was too many? Yeah, good question. Look, <laughs> I, I think the problem is I think I'm not – rather than be specific about mm. last night, I think generally speaking they've become too inclusive. That's, okay. that's what I would say. Yep. I don't have any great issue with Michael Aish. I think Michael Aish – I saw Michael Aish play. I am that old. Wow. Um, I saw him play in state footy. He was a really, really great player and obviously um, a great player before it was fashionable to go to Victoria and ply your trade there. So I don't have have any problem with him being in. I don't have any problem with Bruce McEvaney being in either because Bruce McEvaney was a person right at the top of his field. Mm. Um, You know, he and Kometi sit head and shoulders above others. Maybe maybe Tim Lane on radio Mm. was, was that good. Yep. Um, but there there haven't been that many commentators as good as Bruce McAvaney. Mm. Um, Mark Williams, if you if you look at Mark Williams over all of his career, so as a player 
and as a coach and as an ongoing assistant coach and mentor, he, he probably gets in. Yep. Um, my point is just a little bit simple in that can a quarter of a team be in the Hall of Fame? Mm. Is there any precedent to that as well, you know, over the years that there are other teams like that that have that many players in there already? It's a good question. I'd have to go back and have a look at it. Mm. I just think that the Hall of Fame shouldn't be a quarter of your team, no matter how good <laughs> your team was. Yeah. You know, and, and Stevie J, I'm not sure whether Stevie J's in or not, but he he, he couldn't be too far away, could mm. he? Um, so if Stevie J's in the mix, I mean, if Corey Enright's in, then Stevie J can't be too far away. Well, they're in the mix for one of the great modern-day teams. So you could make it on that basis that from the last... 25, 30 years, they could be one of the best squads that are put together. Yeah, they were a three-flag team. Yeah. So Richmond was a three-flag team. Mm. So give me the five Richmond Hall of Famers. Uh, Dusty? Definitely. Rewald? Probably. Cochin? Probably. Mm. Start to uh, really test the uh, Richmond knowledge after that. Was Alex Rance around long enough to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, He, he did come to mind, but I don't think so. Uh, is Nick Vlostone a Hall of Famer? No, probably not. Is Dylan Grimes a Hall of Famer? Probably not. So this is Prestia. Prestia, I don't think Prestia is quite a Hall yeah. of Famer. Like, don't get me wrong, you can be a great player, yeah, and not be a Hall of Famer. Now I know the Geelong team was special, but this is special. Bit of Bruce there. <laughs> uh, I wonder how many uh, made it through from the Brisbane Lions uh, team from the early two thousands. Yeah, we'd have to go back and have a look because you could think of a handful at least from that team that could come through. Well, see, from that team, I would say Michael Voss, definitely. Yep. Simon Black, definitely. Jason Ackermanis, definitely. Jonathan Brown, definitely. Mm. I would have question marks over everyone else, even as good as they are. Mm. Or good as good as they were, because to me the top end was the Fab Four and Brownie. Yeah. yeah. Alistair Lynch, very good. Yeah. But maybe not quite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you, like we, we're talking the best of the best here. Mm. Um, we're not talking, you know, Hall of Half your Premiership team. Okay. You know, it's the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I'd like to go some audio of Bruce McAvaney in a second, but uh, your thoughts on Nick Rewalt being endorsed as uh, when he's back in the country, he'll be. Inducted? What? What do we need to know that for? Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah, I'm not too sure. Just letting you know in case yeah. you, yeah, in just, case you weren't aware. By yeah, the way, yeah. um, no surprises for Nick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, does it go, you know, state to state? As far as nominations go, because it was a massive oh, favour, as, as you were sort of saying. That earlier. was the other thing. I thought I was back in gather round. Has uh. The Premier been involved again? Like, he's very good at landing things. He's landed three spots in the Hall of Fame. Or the South Australian CEO of the ASL, yeah, perhaps. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, it was... Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I, I found that interesting. It is still the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Mm. I wonder whether there's a few people waking up uh, in Victoria this morning thinking, yeah, we are still... Yeah. 
the uh, would have them off we, are, we are still the centrepiece of Australian football. How come there was one of us and five of them? For sure. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from Bruce McAvaney last night when he was inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. I sort of started, Jared, with Plugger and, and, and Dunstall and Carey and Ablett Senior and, you know, finished with Junior and Danger and Dusty and then there was that magical sprinkle of Wanganeen and McLeod and Goods and Franklin and you know I'm going to say Cyril, don't you? Um, but, I mean, they're extraordinary players. So, yeah, you do have your favourites. It's the greatest game in the world. It's the most beautiful game to call. Um, to call because you're part of a team. You know, you're, you're all in it together and you get the rhythm and the flow and then suddenly somebody does something that's unbelievable. How good to have the headphones on then. What form of sport do you think he's best at calling as well? I mean, you, to be a multidisciplined, um, he can host, he can call, you know, so many different sports, um, you know, over to horse racing as well and still be able to bring, you know, the listener and the viewer along in the same fashion as he can at all of them. I'm not too sure which one is his best. Yeah, I think that's the thing with Bruce. Bruce is the consummate all-rounder. So yeah. Bruce hosting or anchoring the racing is fantastic. Mm. Bruce at the Olympics is just... Oh. Um, How do you know about that guy from Kazakhstan and, you know, his back form? You know? oh, <laughs> not only that, it, it, it was... Hater. It was the 144 he ran in the 800 Leipzig in, yeah. in June yeah. in the Diamond League. Yeah. We haven't stopped talking about it. Yeah, no. Yeah. no. And that's, that's yeah. been his form coming into the Olympics. And, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that Bruce McEvaney at the Olympics is the ultimate. Bruce McEvaney, uh, a fantastic football caller, a fantastic race caller. Mm. Um, no, he has been a treasure, mm. I think. And to see him, also to see... The joy he got from it, I think, was um, yeah, was was pretty special. Um, it was pretty special, and uh, <laughs> we also got to see the personality that is Mark Williams, which yeah. was interesting. That was huge as well. Uh, he had plenty to say, including this. I think, you yeah, know, I really admire the AFL for talking and standing up for the yes vote for the voice. I am political. I am saying that we have to do the right thing and understand how bloody hard it is for the Aboriginal players to uh, to uh, make their way in the AFL. We need to support them. We need to understand them. When we get them there, make sure that we give them opportunity and then absolutely demand the best from them and expect the best. I want them to be best on ground, not just making up the numbers and uh, grand final day. That's what we saw when uh, Port Adelaide won. Yeah, and we did too. Mm. So Peter Burgoyne, Sean Burgoyne, Gavin Wanganeen, Byron Pickett. Yep. Um, there was a couple of others too, I think. I think yep. there was five or six in that team. And they were absolutely magnificent. Doesn't miss a chance to, uh, when he's on the platform, does he? I was actually – so I was at the 04 grand final. Yep. And um, went to the Port Adelaide function afterwards. <laughs> And uh, Choco, as yeah. they call him, uh, Mark Williams, um, up on stage, gave one of the great speeches. Yeah, right. Um, introduced the players one by one, potted every one of them <laughs> mercilessly as yeah. they came up on stage, entertained the crowd for, I don't know, 45 minutes. It was the most entertaining grand final function I've ever been to. He said, um, 
Last night he said when he got on stage, he said, I, I don't drink. That's why I was put on last. Yeah. Because they could drink. Okay. So I'm told at a function, because apparently um, Choco always used to drink red cordial, love sweet stuff. Right. Love sweet stuff. So yeah. Used to drink red cordial. Um, they spiked his red cordial. Oh. They had to get him down from a power pole. <laughs> At the end of the night, no one ever spiked his drink again. They yeah, went, nah. yep, there's a reason why this bloke doesn't drink. So. That's a massive reason. <laughs> and uh, that is Duff Steep Dive for this week. Live your own way in the seven-seat Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. But Duff, coming up next, we've got a bit of a ladder update, something new. Joining us on Mornings with Mark Duffield. Thanks to Class Harvest. We'll be back after the break. Yo, yo.